Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you for that uh, warm welcome. Very much appreciated. Uh, uh, to you and the Peterborough Centre, and also it's great this, uh, today to be able to speak to our whole Kingsgate family. So I just want to say hello to the centre there in Cambridge and in Leicester and London and here in our Cafe Church. It's great to have you as a whole part of the Kingsgate family as I share this message with you today. Just want to give a particular shout out here in the Peterborough Centre to, to those who work in the translation services, because how do you know that they're going to have the hardest job today that they've ever had. And she normally, it's translating from English into Russian, but this morning they've got to translate uh, from uh, Scottish into English into Russian. So let's put our hands together for the Russian translation team. Uh, so good, although a Russian did tell me once that Scottish is nearer Russian than English, so I think you've, got, you've, got, you've got a good chance. Well, it's great to uh, be with you and to pick up the second part in our series, Whatever You Do. Uh, last week, Andrew uh, got us off to a brilliant start with a biblical overview uh, from creation through to the new creation of how work and all that we do, whatever we do in the name of Jesus, has value in God's kingdom economy, as it were. And so that was a thrilling start. If you haven't watched that yet, please catch up and, uh, online and you'll be able to get the whole gist of the message. Because I want to build on that this, this morning, uh, this afternoon rather, and just work through this idea that not only is, has God got a global plan, as it were, for uh, the, what we do in his name, but he actually has a specific plan for each one of us, a, a purpose and a place for each of us to be able to serve. And that answers some of the questions that go on in our lives. So for example, uh, on the back of what Andrew was sharing last week, we're thinking, well, yeah, I, I understand that God has a purpose and a plan, but what's my place? Does what I'm doing in my life actually count? Does the thing that I spend my time on, and let's face it, uh, a normal working life is something like 90,000 working hours, plus all the time that you do and all the other things in your life. There's thousands and thousands of hours. Are they having an impact in my life and in the lives of others? It's those kind of questions that we want answered, isn't it? We want to know that when we get to the end of our life and enter into eternity, we know that what we've been doing here on earth has had impact here but actually eternally too. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that prospect. And so it's a thrill to be able to address some of those questions. Now, if you've got those questions, you're not on your own. Uh, I did a quick uh, online search on the, the phrase, uh, how do I find the purpose for my life? And you won't be surprised to know that in 0.75 seconds, it returned, wait for this, 1,700 million pages to that. So there are a lot of people asking the questions about purpose for life. And my aspiration for us in our time uh, today, is, and it's a big aspiration, is that by God's help, we will go from here today, whatever center we're worshiping in, wherever you're hearing my voice, with a strong sense of the purpose that God has for you, and also a place that he's chosen for you to serve in that purpose. Now, to get us started, I'd like to tell you a story, uh, going back a few years to when I was about 15 years old. And I have here my prop for this story. Uh, now, when I was 15 years old, there was no um, Call of Duty. Uh, there was no Mario Karts, and there was no Words with Friends. And then, the only words you had with friends, probably you wouldn't want to repeat. Um, but, so there was no online gaming or stuff like that. So if you wanted to play a game with a friend, do you know what you had to do? I know this will be a shock. It's incredible. You actually had to get someone come around your house. 
Unbelievable. Right, so my best friend at the time was a guy called Fred, and Fred was about 15, as I say. Uh, we were in the same school year, and I invested in one of these, a dartboard. So my parents didn't know anything about it to start with. Um, and so what we did was we dr drove a nail into the back of my bedroom door. Again, my parents didn't know about this at that point. And we hung up our, dart uh, our dartboard that we went halfers on, and we started playing darts. Now, anyone who's ever played darts to world championship level, as we did in my bedroom there, will know that when you hit the dartboard here, it makes a resounding kind of, um, what, what, what would the noise be like it? kind of thud sound, you, you know that, don't you? But when you miss the board and start hitting round it and you hit the door, the door frame, the plaster work, the, we had a little glass window above my, 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 my bedroom door and on the floor and all, it, it made different noises, which actually alerted my father to the fact that this game was going on. And I heard him coming from the other side of the house. I can't tell you what he said because I would be defrocked from 30 years of pastoring. But let me translate it a little for you. Something like this. What yonder sound do I hear <laughs> from a bedroom near me? Is that the sound of a nightingale singing? Or is it the sound of something that is making inside my head I cannot hear my thoughts? at which he kicked in the bedroom door uh, with a few other words there, just as Fred went for a double four, okay? And uh, my dad's quite good at ducking, and he did. <laughs> and whew, the dart went past his ear. No one was harmed in the telling of this story. Uh, but uh, if he had had one of these, like, uh, you know, heart monitors that we've all got on our watches, I'm sure, wait for this, you'll like this, it would have hit 180. Oh, okay, come on, okay. Oh, that's, that's the most applause I've ever had for a joke I've ever told. His, his heart rate went through the roof. And uh, we had to do some negotiating about having this dartboard, uh, have a board and move it off the back of the door and all that kind of stuff. It was amazing fun, and we played for months and months and months on this dartboard. But I haven't brought it here today just simply so that I have access to a little story to tell you. But actually, I want to use it as a visual aid for what I want to talk about today. I wanted, uh, as I've come to think about this sense of purpose and the sense of place, it's a bit like this dartboard in the sense that when you're playing darts, two things are important. One, you've got to actually hit the right dartboard, haven't you? You've, you've got to actually get inside the perimeter. And second, the place that you hit is important because it has a different kind of level of score. So in this case, I, I did this earlier just to save time. Okay, you've got three bullseyes here, which is quite a good score uh, there. Thank you so much. Yeah, I know uh, you can see that I'm pretty good at this from one inch away. So <laughs> we got uh, this sense of uh, purpose, if you like. If you think life's purpose represent, represented by the whole dartboard and then our specific place identified by the bullseye scoring in the center. Now, it's important that we have this uh, difference of thought here, that we have a, a separation of these two ideas. Because in my experience, very many people go through life, swapped it round the other way, thinking that if they can sort out their place, if I get the right job, if I get the right wife, or the right husband, or the right income, or the right house, or the right this, the right that, if my business will just break through some barriers, uh, if I can be uh, an even better teacher, or all, that, all those kind of good things that actually are place in life, if we 
displace a sense of purpose with a sense of place, then we're actually going to spend our life being blown about from one thing to the other. Does that make sense? Because actually, you well know that seasons come in life, don't they? And sometimes our place is changed. Sometimes a job that we loved stops. Sometimes the job that we would like doesn't come. Uh, And all those kind of things. Sometimes illness gets in the way and and blocks our satisfaction in what we're doing. Sometimes, and I've heard many uh, stay-at-home mums and many stay-at-home dads have said this, that they love looking after their children, but they really struggled with the sense of purpose. They they loved being a scientist or a, a lab, whatever, before It's not that they don't want to look after their children, but it's really hard to get that sense of purpose out of that. But then, you see, that's by putting place in the center, not purpose. Hope that makes sense. So that's the two points that I want to just dig in in our time that we've got here. How can we get a great sense of purpose in our life? And I want to point us to that directly in a moment or two. And then how do we find our specific fingerprint kind of place that is only carved out for you and for me individually there? So let me start with this idea of purpose. One of the things that you'll be pleased to know is that when I called up on Google and did that search and found 1.7 billion pages, I didn't spend a week reading all those things. I did flick through them and had a little look And what I found was interesting is that the vast majority of those links and pieces of information actually pointed me in exactly the wrong direction for finding meaningful and eternal life-giving purpose in my life. The vast majority of them actually pointed, where do you think? They pointed inward. They pointed me to look inside myself to find the depth of purpose that would motivate me for all of my working life, all of my family life, all of my neighborhood life, all of my church life. Look inside and you'll find the answers. Actually, that's not true. Because to find real purpose in our life, meaningful purpose in the the years that we hear, as well as eternal purpose, we actually have to root our sense of purpose in something much, much bigger than ourselves. Can I have an amen for that? We have to root ourselves in something which is above and beyond anything that we could ever imagine happening in our own lives. You've heard me say this before, but I, I, I liken it to like trying to pick yourself up by the shoelaces. You know, it's a lot of energy expended. You might put your back out, but you're never going to lift yourself. It's impossible. And so I would put, say that to have real meaningful and eternal purpose in your life is not possible to find it by looking internally. We have to look at a bigger picture. Now, you know that our text for this series uh, comes from Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17. Let me read it to you. And whatever you do, uh, whether in word or in deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's where we've got this phrase, whatever you do, whatever you do. And Andrew introduced it last week. But I want to point us uh, back a chapter, as it were, from Colossians chapter 3 to Colossians chapter 1, where we find the context for that, uh, whatever you do, do it for Jesus. We find the context for it isn't look internally, but look globally. Let me just read it, and uh, hopefully it'll make sense. Now, having hit 45, I need to look at these glasses. Okay, forgive me. Okay, if I printed it big enough, I would need an A2 sheet here. (laughs) Okay. Let me just find this text. So this is reading from Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over 
all creation, getting his global sense. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before, say it with me, all things. And in him all things hold together. So we're getting a perspective here, aren't we? That all things have sense and shape when they're under the rulership of Jesus Christ. That's what this is about. In fact, the message paraphrase of the same verse puts it beautifully. It says this, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible. And we know that's covering everything, isn't it? Above, below, visible, invisible. Everything is covered. Everything got started in him and finds him. Here's the word, and finds its purpose in him. Everything finds its purpose in him. So dear friends, wherever you are, however long you've been a believer, however long you've been a Christian, maybe you're not even a Christian, can I just emphasize to you from God's word itself that to find real purpose in life, we have to look to Jesus. The preacher, American preacher Louis Giglio put it uh, this way, and I, I love this little phrase he uses. He says, we weren't created to do a job we weren't created for a vacation or a role. Those are to do with place, in my thinking here. Primarily, we were created for a person. Created by a person, for a person. Created by Jesus, for Jesus. To know Jesus and to make him known. Now, there's the phrase. If you're writing anything down, that's the phrase I'd love you to write down. Here is the global purpose for every person in our, to bring meaning to our life today and eternally. It's to know Jesus and to make him known. It's not in being a teacher, a physician, or any other vocation. It's not in a season of your life. You know, you're not thinking, well, this is a season I'm in now. I'll have purpose a little later. No, it's nothing to do with that at all. The core purpose for all of our lives, we were created by a person for a person to know Jesus and to make him known. And when we have that purpose fixed out, we find ourselves, as it were, aiming at the right dartboard in our life. You see, it's very possible to go through life and be very, very successful on the front. You know, we can have all the things that you dreamt for when you were a teenager. You can have all the money in the world. You can have the rest car in the world. You can have a beautiful wife or a beautiful husband. You can have 2.2 uh, children and a Labrador. Uh, I can't have a Labrador, so in that case, I've got a motorbike. Okay, that, that's, that's as good as a Labrador in, in, in this kind of story. You know, you can have absolutely everything falls into place for you. And you think, well, life is amazing, and that's good. But I've met very many people who are in that exact position and are thinking, I really just don't know what I'm living for. You know, at the end of it, I've got all of this stuff that I aimed for, but I haven't got a satisfaction and a purpose that I thought would come from it. You've heard uh, the modern day proverb, haven't you, of the man or the woman who uh, climbed up the ladder of success only to find it was leaning against the wrong wall. That can happen if we haven't got our purpose in Christ and making him known. You know, some of you are thinking, how is that possible? But it is, it's absolutely possible to get the target totally wrong. Look this up when you get home. In 2004 in the Olympic Games, there was an American shooter 
going through the five disciplines of Olympic shooting. He'd already won a gold medal, and he came to the last shot of the whole of the Olympic uh, competition. All he had to do was hit the target. He didn't have to score well. He just had to hit the target, and he would have a second gold medal. Apparently, he lay down and do all the things you do, looking through the scope and everything. Look through the scope. Tension in the room. Tension in the stadium. He takes his shot. Bang, right into the bull's eye, only to discover that it was literally on the wrong target. He told afterwards that usually what he does, his kind of little routine, is that he looks through the scope at the number above the target, makes sure he's on the right target, and then drops the rifle shot uh, sight down to the bull's eye. But because he was so kind of struggling to breathe carefully and was such a lot on this shot, he, he hadn't even looked at the number above the target. And so, though he hit the bullseye, actually he was on the wrong target altogether. He was going to get gold, he didn't get gold. He didn't even get silver, he didn't even get bronze. He walked away from that competition with nothing, simply because he hit the wrong target. Now friends, I don't want that to be your life or my life, to think that we have hit the bullseye, but actually at the end of our life discover that we've been on the wrong target all the time, that our purpose has been misplaced. Our purpose was us, or fame, or money, or whatever you can have it as, but it wasn't to know Jesus and to make him known. That's the global cosmic target that brings sense to our lives, both here and in eternity. So let's make sure that we're absolutely aiming at the right target to know Jesus, and to make him known. Now, let me revisit this uh, little illustration here again. So, let's assume there for, for the moment that you've been following my train of thought, and we've got to the point where, yeah, we acknowledge that there are different, you know, kind of targets, as, as you like, and I, I'm focused now on knowing Jesus and making him known. I'm accepting that that is my kind of target, my purpose in life. But I did say that there was a second thing to think about, and that is our place in all of this. Because every single one of us who's a a believer has a place in God's purpose, but we also have an individual kind of, I, I like to think of it as a fingerprint, an individual fingerprint place that God has planned for us. In fact, we read about it in the Scriptures in Ephesians chapter 2. Let me read it to you. We have become His poetry a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Listen to this. Even before you were born, God planned in advance your destiny and the good works that you would do to fulfill it. Isn't that awesome to know that not only does God draw you into his big purpose of knowing Christ and making him known, but he has got a place specifically carved out for you. I I just find that is an amazing, wonderful, wonderful truth that God is interested in me enough that he's got a place for me to be able to serve him. You see, when we get the, as it were, the purpose right, we are free to serve God wherever he calls us to be. So this answers a lot of questions. So, for example, when we're thinking about our vocation, we're thinking about the seasons of our lives, and we're thinking, you know, as very many of us do, am I in the right job? Am I doing the right thing in this season? Uh, what, what should I be doing? You know, do, is Jesus happy with me doing this particular job? Well, if to follow on with from what Andrew said last week, you know, the, the scripture, Colossians 3 is, whatever you do, do it for Jesus. So basically, anything that's not sin, 
you can do in the name of Jesus and give him praise. And so, now I'm going to read out a list of jobs here. If you hear your job, I want to hear a bit of a whoop across all the centres as well. Okay, I've got very good hearing. I can hear all the way to Cambridge and London. Okay, so here is a question that gets answered. You know, if God has this wonderful big purpose for me, how can I serve him? Can I serve him as a nurse? And people, man, no nurses here, in, as a nurse. Yes, I knew there was some of you. In people management, in engineering, in research, medicine, administration, professional sport, come on, family focused, the arts, music, business and finance. Oh, there's a baby involved in business and finance here, okay. Uh, teaching. Yeah, you know, I'm very happy, <laughs> teachers. Uh, studying. Yeah, come on, I need, come on, can we have a bit more energy about what you're giving your life to here? What about those who are retired? Hey, come on, refired, not retired. Uh, those of you who serve on tills, the, selling cars, selling wash powder, selling coffee, you are truly from God if you sell coffee, or cakes, even more so, in growing stuff, in eating stuff, in computing, in web design, in factory assembly, in factory design, from lawyer to librarian, from architect to zoologist. You see what I did there? Okay. You stay with me. From architect through to zoologist. Actually, you can do whatever is good for you to do and still be in the purpose of God. Doesn't that encourage you? Now, why is this important? Because some of you are going to be in your job on uh, Monday and you're going to be thinking, is this the job that God wants me to be in? That's a good question, but it's not the first question. The first question is, am I serving God's purpose to know him and to make him known? And if I know him and I have to make him known in this workplace that I'm at on Monday, uh, or study, or in the neighborhood, or in your family, what higher calling mums and dads could there be to know Christ and to make him known to your children and to those around you? So if there's ever been any sense that purpose is drained because you're stuck at home looking after kids, please just get a hold of the fact this is a wonderful opportunity to serve God. It's for a season, but it's an opportunity to serve God. Whatever you do, do it for Jesus and bring him praise. So, thank you so much. So, one of the things, uh, my wife Heather and I, we spent quite a lot of time in our, uh, our work life serving young adult communities. And one of the things that young adult communities, one of the things that characterize them is asking the question of what job should I do when I finish studying and all this. I just want to say, you're free to choose, as long as it's not sinful, you're, choo- you're free to choose whatever career you feel that God wants you to do. Because being in his will, being in the center of his will, is not so much about what you do, but about that big target, that big purpose. So if you've got the big, I hope this is making sense, if you get that big purpose right, then we're free to have a very different bullseye, every one of us. What was a bullseye for me? It's not going to be the bullseye for you and vice versa. But God has a place for you. Now, I want to introduce to you um, uh, two friends of mine who are going to tell just in a moment or two their story. Ian and Monica are a lovely couple that uh, were first in this uh, Peterborough Centre of Kingsgate and then they felt the call to come and join us in the Leicester Centre. And in recent uh, years, they've become part of the lead team there. But wait to hear their story. It illustrates the fact that through the seasons of life, you can actually find yourself right in the centre of God's purpose, the target, if you like. So let's just listen to this, and I'll come back in a moment. 
Hello, I'm Ian. And I'm Monica. We were both school teachers for nearly 40 years. There came a time in our life when we felt that God had a new purpose in our life. So we retired and haven't looked back really. It was a time we wanted to rest from work, but we also wanted to keep busy because we knew there was more to life and that there was that purpose in us. And we have a passion as well, still within us. We're both involved in the lead team at Leicester. I'm also part of the prayer ministry at church and I do quite a lot of the pastoral work as well. I join with Ian in the pastoral work. We love doing that together. I also work with the kids team. I do welcome the prayer ministry together. We just love being in the heart of the family there and, and serving at Leicester. It's great. Over our many years of teaching, we developed uh, many, many skills of working with children and with working with adults. And uh, as we retired, we felt that God wanted us to use those skills, but uh, not necessarily in the same sort of way. We had the opportunity through somebody at Kingsgate Leicester to go into a primary school in Leicester. And they asked us to talk about Advent. Yes. And from there, we were able to take more of a team in with our prayer space mm -hmm. to talk specifically with the children and allow the children to experience prayer. And it was a wow moment mm. for us and for the school. One of the things that we always enjoyed doing was meeting people. So we meet up with uh, people once a month from our church in Kingsgate, Leicester. And there is often people who come who are non-Christians as well. We get together and we do what we love doing, which is talking to people, listening to people, drinking tea and eating cake. We find through that as well that we can get the opportunity to talk to them about Jesus, just to love them, bring Jesus in, to share our lives as we share their lives too. To get to nearer to 70 than I ever thought I might be and still be so full of zest and so full of life. I sometimes have to ask him for strength to do things. My body sometimes says, oh, that's enough. But inside there's still that passion, there's still that drive, they're still wanting to see the kingdom of God expanded and being useful to Jesus is amazing. I heard someone say that they weren't retiring, they were refiring, and that's how we both feel. Yes, and in these last years, we want to pack in as much as we can so that when we see Jesus face to face, we can say, we gave it our all. What a wonderful wonderful story. I want to honour them and everyone who's like them because across all of the Kingsgate family and all of our centres, we have uh, very generous people like that and, and you may be one of them. Thank you so much for all you do to serve. But did you capture their hearts there? That through the seasons of their life, 40 years in teaching uh, and then so-called retirement, uh, they're, they're, they're busier now than they were in their uh, working life. Uh, but they didn't just wait until they retired before they served the church. They've been serving the church all through their life. And I just want to propose to you that actually in finding one's um, kind of place, it's not just about work or the church or work or the family. And there's not a conflict in those things. Our shape, our place is, uh, our place is shaped by all of those priorities. And so I just want to encourage you to get stuck in and to just uh, find your specific place and to serve with all the enthusiasm that you can. You know, not only are you a workplace ambassador, a kingdom ambassador, but you're also a kingdom bodybuilder. Did you know that? 
that you have gifts and abilities that are put into you that God wants to use to build up this body of people who are all sat around you right now. In fact, in 1 Corinthians, you're described as a bodybuilder. You are the body of the anointed one, and each one of you is a unique and vital part of it. So it's not only for your work life, but it's in this life here as a body of God's people. What an amazing, amazing opportunity is ours. Now, in the last few moments that are available to me just now, I just want to give one or two kind of practical next steps because I do acknowledge the fact that whilst, in a sense, this idea of purpose, we can decide today that we are going to set our hearts on that key purpose to know Christ and to make him known, that finding your place is a bit of a process and it can take us some time to do so. So we have a few resources that we've pulled together that I want to just uh, let you know that, that they're available to you free of charge. Uh, those of you, many of you will have seen this uh, Discover Your Destiny booklet because we distributed it across all of our centres uh, during the Beauty of a Transformed Life series at the tail end of last year. Uh, if you've got this booklet at home, would you dig it out, dust it off and just have a, a read through it again? If you haven't yet received it, um, you can go online uh, to our um, website, that's what I'm thinking, uh, transformedlife.co.uk slash serving, and you can download a PDF copy of this. Uh, you can read it or you can print it off at home. But one of the really important, uh, wonderful things about this, I love putting this booklet together with the team uh, because it really does help work through the different things uh, in our lives to find our shape. You can see the word shape there, which is uh, an, uh, short for our spiritual gifts our heart, the things, the passions that are in us that stir us and make us want to get up in the morning, our abilities, our personalities, our experience. And so in this uh, little toolkit, if you like, there are five different tools that help to work through that shape thing, discover finding your shape. So I'd want to encourage you uh, to get a hold of that. Following on from that, I want to uh, invite you uh, warmly and personally to an evening that I'll be hosting here in the Peterborough Centre on Thursday, the 27th of June, although we will have a broadcast link out for the other centres and for you at home if you would like to be part of this. I'm going to be doing uh, an evening of coaching. Uh, so with because you'll have filled in this booklet and you'll have some kind of idea of what we're talking about, uh, on that Discover Your Destiny evening, I'll be able to coach into some of those other areas and do all that I can. It's, it's a passion of my heart to help you find your specific place in serving the church and in your workplace and in the community and so on. So that uh, that's evening is coming up. Again, it would really be helpful if you signed in for that, just so we know who's coming. And you can see the link on screen there, transformedlife.co.uk. Uh, serving Finally, or not finally, but thirdly, uh, a resource that is available for you. For those of you who are uh, in the workplace and trying to uh, explore what it means to be an even better kingdom ambassador than you are at the moment, uh, last year we ran a course called Influence, and it's just come to a conclusion. It's restarting again in a few weeks' time. So on Saturday, the 29th of June, we are going to be uh, restarting our Influence course. And what that is is just about monthly, uh, Saturday mornings, 8 a.m., gathering for breakfast, and then we have some input around this idea of what it means to serve God in our workplace. I would love for those of you who are at work to come and be part of that. All you have to do to sign up for more information is email influence at kingsgateuk.com, and one of the team will hook you up, and we can get opportunity to take part in that, which, as I say, is coming up on the 29th of June. Last thing to say 
is that uh, if you've read the Shape book or you've been here uh, during the Beauty of a Transformed Life series, you'll remember that Pastor Dave talked about three things about how to get discover your destiny. It's uh, pray for revelation. Ask God to show you what your, your place is. Talk to Christians around you. Consult with those. But also just get stuck in. So I want to encourage you to get stuck into serving if you're not already serving. Just um, go to wherever you are, whatever center, just find out where the information is about serving. Get hooked up and start serving and that will help you find your specific place. For some of you, uh, there might even be the thought that you could do our internship. Starts in the middle of September, goes through to the end of June. Uh, Male, female, young, old, any center, full-time, part-time, there's all sorts of combinations, but this is a wonderful opportunity to come alongside some other interns to serve the church, but also to receive teaching and uh, coaching and mentoring. In fact, Ian and Monica that we saw in the video there are two of our best mentor coaches, so you might even have one of them uh, mentoring you. So there's a great opportunity, and again, just go to the information areas in your centers, and I'm sure you'll find some hope there. Now, I've got a few seconds left, and I just want to finish with one story before I say a prayer. Uh, Yesterday, I had a wonderful opportunity of spending some time with my family. My middle child, my uh, oldest son, uh, was 30 yesterday. I know you're you're bemused, aren't you? We had children very, very young. Uh, He was 30 yesterday, and we had a family party. It was wonderful. It was a lovely day, so we're out in the garden playing. And uh, one of the joys of my life at the moment is playing with grandchildren. I've got three grandchildren. The third was only born on Friday. Um, She's still in hospital, the young one, but doing well. But uh, the oldest two, two boys, are, um, they're full of life. They're running about all over the place. So the youngest is Caius. He's two and a half. And the five-year-old, uh, Elijah, yeah, he was doing what he was doing. So on this particular yesterday, uh, I was wanting to just play with your grandkids. That's what you do when you're a grandparent. It's just amazing. You know, parents, you've got all the hassle. We have all the joy. Okay. So I wanted to teach him a game. So I was thinking darts. That would be a really good thing to teach a two and a half year old, but I thought better of it. So what actually we decided to teach them was swing ball. You ever seen that swing ball game? You know, it's got a tennis ball on a string and it goes, kind of goes around, you stand at opposite ends, you get a bat, um, you know what I mean, don't you? And you gently pass it back and forward to each other. No, no, you whap it for all you've got, don't you, in this ball. It's pretty dangerous, okay. Anyhow, cut a long story short, I saw, I just saw at one moment that Caius was standing on his own by the swing ball, holding the bat, he could hardly lift it up, with his two hands, and he was trying to hit the ball, but it was hanging down, it wasn't swinging, and he was hitting it, trying to, hitting the pole every time, hitting the pole, trying to get the ball moving. Somebody came across and swung the ball round by hand, like, you know, to see if he can get him involved in that, uh, but it wasn't really working. So, that's what grandparents are for. So I headed over there and said, Caius, do you want to hit the ball? And he said, yes. I said, okay, let me help you. So, I stood behind him, He's holding the bat with his both hands quite tight. I put my hand, my arms round him, as it were, and held one hand on the bat. And uh, no surprise, we were able to start hitting the tennis ball and swinging it round. Now, something amazing happened. It took me totally by surprise. I was overcome, quite emotional about it. Was as soon as we started hitting it, he started laughing. Like, I mean, proper two and a half year old laughing, proper shaking, laughing and giggling. Every time the ball came around, he was, he, went, he was going insane every time we, we managed to hit this. And I, we were having such good fun. And, but honestly, just as we were doing that, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, here is a little picture that I want you to share tomorrow. Because so many of us are like the small child with our, pl- our purpose and our place. You know, we think we can't quite hit it. We just don't, you know. 
You know, it's, you know, it's just not there. Even if we're hitting it and it's going round, it, you know, it's just not right. But God, our Father, our loving Father, says He wants to put His arms around you and to hold on. You get this image, don't you? And to help you find your purpose and your place. And you can see that's what I want to pray for myself and I want to pray for you right now. So let me just pray. So wherever you are in all of the centers, would you just bow your head for a moment? Oh, Holy Spirit of God, I pray that right now you'll come and minister to us. You would come, as it were, put your hand around us and hold us. Help us to find our true sense of purpose in you, to, to know you and to make you known, but also to have a renewed sense that the place that we are in, whatever we do, we want to do it to, for you, Jesus, and to bring you praise and honor. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen.